Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from United Q. It's Wednesday, which means we have another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. I'm here with my co-host, Barbecue Forte. Hello. And we are brought to you by Pro-Q, Barbecue Gourmet, and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. Pro-Q is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Pro-Q Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And on today's show, we've got the Shank Brothers. Hi, guys. Hey, how you going? Hey. Uh, you got Mikey here. I'm the bearded one. <laughs> yeah, and you've got uh, Ralph here as well. And g'day from down under. Yeah. Awesome. This is our first international. We're we're reaching out here, guys. We're going to uh... fantastic. Yeah. Exciting. We're very going, going across yeah, very the big honest, pond. Guys. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, massive time distance and massive, massive just distance. So this is this is epic for us. You guys are, are knocking back some beers. It's uh, it's late at night for you guys over there. What time is it for you over there? It's about um, ten past end of work, which is about <laughs> seven o'clock. And uh, yeah, we're definitely sipping back some some local craft beer. So yeah, we're, we're very very happy. Awesome. And we, uh, me and Ben have just about just crawled out of bed here. Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> Just had, a, just had a coffee in the morning. Yeah, so it's a bit of an early one for us, but it's all good. We're all here to talk about barbecue. So, guys, could you give the uh, listeners a bit of a, a sort of intro to who you are and, and where the sort of Shank Brothers started? Well, uh, I guess the Shank Brothers just came about. Uh, Ralphie and I worked together a little bit and uh, in our sort of professional lives and uh, basically came together uh, over a pig's head, a smoked pig's head. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of bromance going on there. You know, I thought I thought Mike loves a bit of well, he, he basically eats anything. So I thought I'd challenge him and got him out <laughs> to dinner. And um, he said, "What's on, on the menu?" And I, I lifted the lid on the barbecue, and there's a pig's head. And the first thing he did was he bit off the snout and ate it. And I thought, well, it, it, he's the kind of guy. I want to smoke You're my and friend. It was a beautiful thing. There was literally smoke coming out out of the nostrils of the. You know, it was it was a wonderful thing. So, yeah, that was pretty much the birth of uh, what is essentially now um, the Shank Brothers Collective. Yeah. Wicked. Biting off the snout of a pig. That's a good way to start. Yeah. <laughs> a good friend of us, Mar- Marcus, uh, he just did a pig's head the other day. Yeah. And uh, that, that was pretty epic. Looked really cool. Yeah. It? They like the cheeks. He said they were a really good pit, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're phenomenal. And, and, uh, and as far as like barbecue theater goes, it's really good too. Mm. Yeah, we couldn't believe the amount of like fat that had sort of mm. rendered out of it. Like in the end, uh, in the end, he ended up putting it in like a paella pot because of the amount of fat that was sort of rendering out and dripping down. He like put yeah. it in a paella pan, and honestly, the paella pan full, was full it? to the brim of like just like absolute luscious, just fat, just mm. rendered out. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And for what five bucks a head in Australia, you can't go wrong. Yeah, but um, it was it was funny from kind of. Of the early days, just cooking together, we we sat around at the pub and um, said, "Look, we should we should get into this a bit further." And we we looked up, up the nearest competition. There really wasn't any, but there was the, a, a big comp down south, and said, "Right, we're going to go to that and um, spend the next eight months just basically um, looking forward to competing and getting into it." So that's really how we got started. Yeah, awesome. So how how long ago was this? Oh, three, two or three years. Yeah, yeah it's. Pretty close to two or three years now since that initial spark of uh, wanting to uh, compete and wanting just to uh, just immerse ourselves in the scene. Awesome. And you guys, uh, how many competitions have you done up to date now? Oh, I 
think we're about eight deep now. Cool, cool. How's, so it, how's it going? For our, for our little sort of fledgling uh, scene here, it's uh, it's really good. And the scene's kind of doubling on a yearly basis. So that just gives you an idea of how it's growing. Yeah, no, I, we we follow, I mean, being barbecue fans and enthusiasts ourselves, we follow like the the sort of the worldwide barbecue sort of uh, the spread that's going on. And, and it seems to be really kicking off in uh, in Oz. And, and uh, it's really great to see all the stuff that's going on over there. Well, I mean, it's just it's just perfectly made for for Australia. This this whole style of barbecue, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is fantastic. I mean, even even uh, at the unofficial nationals down in Port Macquarie, there were there were like 80, 86 teams competing, and uh, it was so exciting to see the breadth and width of everyone just using their ingenuity and uh, just giving a good old red hot hot go. And the, the vibe down there is amazing. It's like you're camping with four hundred of your best friends. You know, it's uh... awesome. <laughs> That's what we always talk yeah. about, like the barbecue family. It's, it's just like weird, like just that one thing we all have in common and like, and it's just like an incredible sort of uh, community out there that we all just get on so well and you can pitch up at, at a competition or at an event or something and like you're instantly just like with a with a bunch of your best pals, which is awesome. And you could pretty much rock up having forgotten everything, every piece of kit and you would beg, borrow and steal it enough to get into the game, so... Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the. Uh, I had. It was only a couple of weeks ago that competition. I was. Uh, I was looking at some pics and stuff. It looked pretty epic. I happened to see a video of you guys on a turn in, and and there was like a bit of an accident. A bit happened. of an accident happened. Was that? Is that? Was that for camera or was that actual real? Well, that was a that was our chicken hand, and and um, you know to tell a little little secret, uh, we just wanted to um, have a bit of fun, and we we faked a second hand and. <laughs> and um, ran, ran it towards, uh, I think there was like 45 judges and um, spilled it all over the ground, rolled it all, picked all the chicken up, put it back in the box and handed it in. <laughs> never seen so many wide-eyed <laughs> We built a little reputation for doing some uh, some fun little videos. I mean, we, we did one uh, at a competition that's held uh, on the beach down at Burley, a uh, fantastic venue. And uh, they brought in a seafood category, which was the first in Australia at the time. And so we ended up getting some uh, frozen little fish, fish-shaped fish fish fingers and drawing <laughs> our uh, drawing grill marks on them. And, yeah, I mean, we like to have a little bit of irreverent fun with it, you know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's not rocket science. We're cooking meat. We're drinking beer. We're playing with fire. It should be fun, right? Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. We watched that video and we are like, oh, no. We, yeah. we genuinely believed it was real. We were good for you, yeah. I think it was, I think it was Jay Beaumont from uh, Australian Barbecue Alliance posted it, I think. And uh, yeah, we were watching. We were like, oh, it's so gutted. I <laughs> know. <laughs> it was like uh, slow motion. In reality, we have a, uh, one of, a couple of the guys on the team, uh, Chris and Alan. They, uh, they're big blokes and they act as blockers. So they're generally pushing public out of the way uh, in front of us as we make our way with the uh, presentation blocks. But... Uh, yeah, <laughs> did, did get a few uh, eyebrows raised that old trip. Yeah, we wanted people talking to. Everyone seems to be watching our back, um, being the Shank brothers. And, um, yeah, we just wanted to lighten things up a bit and, and get people talking about, oh, they dropped the, they dropped the dish and completely screwed it. They're out. They're out of contention. <laughs> but, uh, a bit of fun. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys got yourselves a bit of a reputation there. In Australia, so you were uh, you were recently on the Aussie, Aussie Aussie Barbecue Heroes, was it? 
Yeah, uh, that, that's how I guess uh, a lot of people in Australia um, were introduced to to Mike and I through the show, and um, it was, it's very similar to Barbecue Champs over in the UK. It's yeah, yeah. Reality TV where they make you suffer in front of a camera <laughs> and cook all sorts of stuff that you don't realise you want to cook, like cooking on gas. Oh dear. Um, but, but you know, we we just roll with the punches, and um, we had a we had a little motto. We had a formula, a very yep. special Shank Brothers formula, which was um, we always had to deal with booze. Yep, always had, had booze involved. Booze, um, <laughs> big joints of meat, uh, obviously smoke and creativity. So um, that was that was our formula, and we stuck to it but to the end, and um, managed to walk away winners. Yeah, well, I've I've watched a few uh, a few of the episodes, and, and you guys did awesome. Really represented the barbecue sort of scene really well. Really enjoyed watching it. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, we kind of brought the mentality that anything you can do on an oven, you can do on a barbecue, but it's even better because you're going to have smoke and flame. So it, it's kind of, there's no holes barred, really. And that's what I think we love about that style of cooking. It, it does open it up to doing desserts, to, to you know, anything. It's just wide open. Yeah, well, that, that was awesome. Well done on winning, guys. You did really did well. It was a really it was a good competition, actually. I really enjoyed watching some of the stuff. And I think what Australia's oh, yeah. doing really well is is uh, is identifying itself and and sort of I don't know, not just following the sort of US sort of style, uh, but like sort of spending time sort of identifying itself and really sort of trying to be its own thing. Yeah, we're we're super passionate about that. Yeah. Um, it, it's so easy to become a poor cousin of our, our American. Uh, friends just replicating American competition flavours, uh, but we really want to make sure that we have our own Australian feel, our flavour profiles, the, the wood we use, the meats we use. Um, yeah, let's see where it goes, but it's early days, and I'm really hoping that we carve out our own little flavour. And, I mean, it's not to say we don't respect. I mean, we have the utmost respect of where barbecue came from. I mean, I'm old school, man. I don't <laughs> use thermometers or anything. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, it came from the slaves and the secondary cuts of meat. And, you know, we really respect that history and the heritage. But, I mean, we really want to carve out a niche and carve out some flavours. And it's all down to a number of things. I think it's the, the proteins that we have access to. It's the types of uh, smoking woods we have access to. So what sort of stuff sets you apart from, from us then? What, what sort of woods and, and sort of proteins are you guys uh, using, using down there? Well, well proteins-wise, I guess, you know, we, we eat our coat of arms. So it's kangaroo, yeah. it's emu, it's a lot of uh, game meats, um, things like that that are, are real challenging on the pit. Anything that looks dangerous, you've got, <laughs> you got to kill it and cook it really quickly. Like, yeah, I don't want to get that, that on, on you. And usually the cuter they look, the more dangerous they are. Like those koala bears, man, they are <laughs> something else on the pit. Yeah. is good what about crocodile you've got crocodile crocodile's um great again and um but with with roux i think that that's probably been a standout meat for us um it's so underutilized and the flavor you get out of it is 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 like a fillet steak it's just so beautiful and tender 95 percent of the kangaroo he goes into pet food, so that's that's the kind of mentality that it's still that people have with it. But it's a challenging one because it is such a lean meat, um, so it's tricky to cook. It's a quick cook, and you want to have it medium rare. But the rewards for when you do it well, it's a stunning, stunning uh, mouth taste, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're right. starting to see it. Some, some like some places like uh, 
I'd guess like uh, food markets and stuff like that. You you see sort of the kangaroo burgers and stuff mm. like that going around these days. Starting to creep over here a little bit. We're starting to get some of your uh, your coter arms meat on our on our barbecues as well. So so yeah, it's starting to creep over here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you guys are really big on on lamb, which is something in the UK we we eat a lot of, but you don't really see you don't tend to see it like being massively done in sort of the barbecue world. And I, I, one thing that's really uh, drawn me to Aussie barbecue is, is the amount of lamb that you guys do, and, and that excites me quite a bit. Yeah, lamb is, is such a fantastic flavour. We, we've all grown up with it here. We, we're used to that, that roast lamb smell permeating through everyone's kitchen growing up. So, so lamb for us is second nature. It's, it can sometimes be really elusive, low and slow, in, in getting uh, that smoke flavour in, but... It's it's a great it's a great animal to mix it up, and it just takes on things like rosemary and garlic and all those big flavors really well, and it loves the smoke. I mean, you can pummel it, and it just loves it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're both massive fans of lamb, so we we mm-hmm. cook a lot of it ourselves. Just it's not it's not made it into the like barbecue competition scene really. People seem scared like a little bit. I don't know. Like they, I've heard people saying like don't cook lamb on your smoker because they're like the the flavors sort of tinge it and stuff like that and i'm just like no oh, way definitely done i nah, cook i right. cook lamb and i did like a big sort of lamb saddle and a porchetta on the on the pro queue at the same time one bottom shelf one top shelf and nothing tinged nothing they're both just absolutely delicious so i don't know what anyone's going on about <laughs> just cook them oh, and enjoy it i mean if you're worried about a tinge of awesomeness then yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly We've had some great results recently with um, lamb neck. It, it's just come out just absolutely mm. succulent, moist. Uh, we're also experimenting with uh, lamb belly, which is brilliant. When you roll that up and you give it a good old low and slow hit, it's, it's just coming up so lovely. So, and, yeah. and so we're looking again for those secondary cuts, you know, the stuff that traditionally just makes its way into sausage casings and that sort of thing. So that's the that's where Low and Slow started, and that's where we're looking to. Yeah, awesome. I had like the uh, it was like lamb belly, but it was like I had like saddle of lamb, but extended right down to the belly, and uh, I used that as a. I was doing a big Porsche, and I thought I would like to do like a like a, a version of like a lamb cheddar, and uh, yeah, awesome. there was like nothing really around at the time, so I sort of extended the saddle down to like the belly. And sort of made it up that way, and it was it was awesome in the end. Turned out so so lush. Hit it up low and slow for for for, for hours, and it just turned out delicious. Amazing, nice. And then he and then he put it into a kebab and threw it against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what in the in the like barbecue competition scene? What what are your, do you have a standard set of um, rounds that go through every competition? Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got your, your beef category. Uh, pork is usually ribs and pork. Um, what else is there? Lamb is a standard. Um, seafood in some comps, seafood obviously. Seafood in some comps. Then... Chef's, chef's choice in some comps now, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Chef's and, choice is um, a big, big, good one, isn't it? Because you can get so many different things into that round. Yeah, we've been really like inspired by some of the chefs' choices that that we're seeing now. We're really seeing people start to, to sort of push the boundaries with the chefs' choice. Whereas, I don't know, not not saying it wasn't great before, but it, I think it's really starting to to be like a real great category for barbecues. I think it really demonstrates a sort of wide variety of stuff you can actually do on the barbecue. Some of the bits and pieces people are putting in are just fantastic. 
Yeah, I think that's where all the um, amazing innovation and creativity is really starting to flow globally. Uh, I've got a little story um, based on, on the nationals that we, we just attended. Um, our, our great friends and, and fellow Shank sisters were, were unleashed upon the world being Australia's first ever um, all-female barbecue competition team. And um, they came fifth out of 87 teams in Chef's Choice. And it was amazing to see them, you know, pushing out this, it was just beautiful, this smoked orange cake. Um, they had a stand mixer on site, uh, a KitchenAid stand mix, mixer. I think that was a first. Yeah, you know, like, that's got to be a first. And um, they just brought this amazing elegance and uh, class. Just, just, yeah, class, I'd hate to say it. Uh, when we're sitting there drinking beers at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning and they're baking an amazing orange yeah. cake. So, you know, it's fantastic to see what people are coming up with when they are given that space to to go beyond the traditional categories. And yeah. all within a nine-by-nine nine box, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the Shank Sisters because they're, uh, like you said, they're, uh, would you say they're good friends of yours or, or more? Yeah, probably one's a bit more. One shares the same bed with me, but uh, <laughs> uh, and in fact, I've already learned the hard way: never share your own secrets and tips with um, your other half because Ooh. they go and beat you in beef. Yes, yeah. so that. I was chatting but, to you. Yeah, essentially, sorry. Essentially, they are um, great friends of ours that we've met um, over the last couple of years, who are hugely passionate about um, low and slow. I want to prove that they can not only mix it with the guys, but also really inspire all those girls out there and females and you know, to, to get in there and give it a go as well. We, we do a, uh, with our butcher who we work with, Meet at Billy's, we do a regular couple times a year, these huge masterclasses um, that, you know, they turn on plenty of beers and tons of food for the punters and usually about 150 people turn up. And the last couple have been very heavily male dominated this year we got the Shank Sisters involved, and the amount of uh, girls that turned up was was fantastic. So we're really thrilled to see that side of uh, competition and and just barbecuing in general. Because I mean, girls are amazing in the kitchen, and uh, you know they they uh, they're going to kick some ass. Yeah, definitely. You guys have got it quite awesome down. You got Jess down there as well, repping the uh, the barbecue uh, female population hard as well, and the Shank Sisters are, are doing things, and it's great to see. And uh, I mean, it's similar to like DVQ in, in the US. He's really pushing it now. It's, it's great to yeah, see like a good female sort of presence in the, in the barbecue world and really, really, not just a presence, but actually smashing things, which is awesome. And, you know, I mean, they have to be strong and kind of fierce, but, I mean, there's also a real feminine side to them and it's just, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's absolutely awesome. Uh, DVQ's got herself a, a pink Traeger, which is, which is awesome. I was chatting to... Uh, <laughs> to Ty and Ian from uh, Pro-Q and they were saying they need to get the Shank Sisters a, a pink Pro-Q so, so maybe that's something in the, in the uh, that we can work up to Well it, it's um, we're a little bit jealous to be honest because um, a, a local um, pit maker and a, and a great guy Rob from Radar Hill actually supports the Shank Sisters with this huge beautiful reverse flow offset smoker and it's it's got a pink trailer and you know, we look at it longingly and think, you know, oh, imagine if we had that. Yeah, yeah, they get looked after <laughs> a lot better than we do, trust me. <laughs> so we're wearing skirts to the next competition yeah. in the hope that some amazing sponsor is going to pick yeah. us up. You're wearing skirts right now. We can see you on yeah. Skype. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> How did you know? We, we thought they had camera off. It's these cool <laughs> more than 
tables, mate. It's yeah. when you stood up to get the beers, Ralphie. We yeah. saw you in the sky. It was, it was a bit weird. <laughs> uh, he's part Scottish, that's that's yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Awesome. So, what are you guys cooking on at, at home then? Um, I'm I'm cooking on Kamado uh, or Kamado. Uh, it's a big steel keg. And um, that, that I've had um, a lot of great results out of that. It's a fantastic uh, unit, as, as well as a, a Pro-Q bullet smoker, as you guys have. Um, yeah, it's, awesome. It's a lot of fun. But uh, the big, exciting kind of new arrival will be the new Pro-Q Stretch RF Beast yes. from, uh, from Hungary, I do believe. So I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting on that. I, I walk down to the docks every day and gaze out to sea, hoping that it's going to arrive. So. Is it on its way, is it? Apparently, but I'm not holding out too, too many, you know, too many hopes until uh, 2017, maybe. I don't know. It's apparently this way. Well, a stretch has arrived in the UK, and yeah. uh, friends of ours, uh, the uh, Riviera Barbecue team, have, have picked that up. They got theirs last week, which yeah, is they've been uh, cooking on it all weekend. So it's looking okay. awesome. Yeah, they're they're well, well happy with it. So uh, I'm sure you guys will be as well. Man, it's going to get an absolute flogging once we get yeah. it. We're, we're so excited. I showed a, a photo to a friend the other day, and he reckons it looked like a magician's box. <laughs> and I said, that's right. There's going to be some magic coming to that, brother. Yeah, you even got the magic smoke as well. Yeah. So when you open the door, it's like the smoke coming out, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. just have to learn how to saw a lady in half now. Yeah. <laughs> Any of the shanks this is up for it? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you got. It sounds like you've got the same setup as Ben. Cause ben at the minute he's uh, got Kamado and uh, yeah. a bullet smoker at the back. Uh, that's what he uses for all of his cooks. He was knocking out some sick pizzas on it the other day, actually. Yeah, just been yeah, yeah. just working on pizzas because I keep wanting to get a pizza oven specifically. But I just think he's jealous. He's jealous yeah. of me. I just bought this. Uh, I don't know if you guys have them down there. They're they're called the Unis. Uh, they're like these like portable sort of uh, stainless steel. stainless steel like wood fired ovens and they're wicked. I, I had a, we had a go on one. We went around to our friend's house there uh, with a group of guys for a big cook off uh, two weeks ago, and they had one there. And I just got hooked instantly. Just jumped on it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is it." Got home and just ordered it straight away. So yeah, so I was like, "Do I need one or should I just go for it on the Kamado?" So I like just got it up to about seven hundred degrees. Got it really really hot and awesome. stuck the pizza stone in there and i put it on top of the heat deflector as well so it gave it like a really thick base on it so it didn't cook too quickly on the bottom because i've had that a couple of times that the base is cooked but the topping's not ready yet so yeah because in the in that's the difference really is like your top heat so in mm. the in a wood-fired oven you get the top heat as well as the bottom heat whereas in the kamado it's all it's, from the bottom yeah get so of the radiant heat yeah. coming off the top but so yeah, you got to slow down that bottom to mm. make it even out. You, you, they were awesome. Yeah, it's cool. awesome. It's not not as quick. I think. Not as good as mine, but they were pretty good. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Taste-wise, I think if we're going for speed, you might win. But <laughs> flavor, flavor. I'm what are we talking about here? Flav- Pizzas or something? Yeah. <laughs> flavor. I'm always going to win. I'm afraid, mate. <laughs> and I guess another another really cool part of our arsenal uh, is is the asado cross that we've got. Oh, wicked. Um, and Ralphie, you've had a play with that quite a bit. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, if if you can't buy it because we're we're poor down in Australia, we can't afford to import anything. We just we just build it. So um, there's a lot of creativity there, and um, we're having lots of fun. But Mike Mike's built barbecues out of kegs. I mean, you want to talk about the kegs? Yeah, I mean, we we one of the things we love doing here is yeah repurposing things, and so we found that the old stainless steel kegs, beer kegs, make an amazing charcoal rotisserie. Uh, awesome. They just hold their, their heat so well, and they they work a treat. 
Um, so, yeah, you see quite a few of those around on the circuit. They've all had their uh, identifying marks ground off them. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, we've got fun. a few friends. Uh, uh, our good friend of ours, Simon Dyer, he's a bit of a, calls himself a womble because he just enjoys, like, he just grabs anything he can and builds barbecues out of it, which is wicked. He does a lot of the uh, the drums, like the drum smokers. He builds all of the, uh, loads of those all the time. And he sort of makes like, a, you got the Vortex. He made his own like little Vortex and stuff like that. He's one of those that's like, why am I paying 50, 50 quid for, for this when I can build it out of? Yeah, just chop a piece of metal Chop up. a bit of metal <laughs> up and it's done, so... Well, it's funny, you know, like when you're a teenager, you look at things and you think, oh, I could turn that into a bong, you know. Yeah. But nowadays, you look at stuff and think, oh, I could turn that into a barbecue, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they both smoke, so why yeah. not, yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, guys, uh, hundred grand in prizes for the uh, Aussie Barbecue Heroes. Uh, was that was that your was that the the winning prize? Hundred grand. Yeah, we didn't get it in, in folding cash. If we had, we would have just blown it on unmentionable. <laughs> so how are you still alive? Yeah. I was gonna... <laughs> uh, we, 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 we had to split it up, and essentially the major prizes were a, a big kick-ass four-wheel drive Amrock, which um, Mikey just had puppy love eyes for, oh, yeah. and um, a, a big off-road caravan, which was which I just went, yeah, I've got a young family, that's me written all over it. Wicked. And then some, um, some amazing barbecues. So, yeah, 100 grand's worth. We um, after we we made it through the first uh, heat, we went for a walk around the block and a few beers and said, right, um, if the prize money is a hundred grand, how hard are we going to work for it? That's ten grand a day over the next ten days. Let's work as if we'd work for ten grand a day, and we just um, got stuck in. Yeah, I mean a lot of the teams were going out and getting on the turps, and uh, whereas we stayed locked in our cabin and we were practicing our practicing. Uh, you know, our little bottoms off. Uh, and we didn't have a lot of equipment there. We had a convection microwave and an and a, and a electric hot plate. But it gave us that... It's my favourite smoker, to, uh, actually. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> love those. And then after day four, we just said, bugger it, we're going out on the piss. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Guys, and also, uh, your barbecue ambassadors for the ABA? Yeah, well, we're the kind of we've been told we're the unofficial pinup boys by some strange middle-aged man. Um, you know. <laughs> so, so you got a uh, calendar look, coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we just love helping out um, the ABA. I mean, they're they're, they're so good and um, really helping to grow the scene. They put so much work uh, into into everything. Yeah. So, um, the least we can do is, is help them out, um, growing the scene and, and making it such a fantastic community. Mm. And just for you listeners, that's the Australian barbecue Alliance guys, and you can uh, follow them on, on Facebook. Uh, just go on and check them out. It's very similar to the sort of forums we have over here and you can sort of, uh, switch tips and pointers and stuff with, uh, your fellow barbecuers down under. They're all, I mean, I'm in there and, and chatting to people all the time and picking up stuff and, it's, it's pretty awesome. So, so get yourselves involved in there, guys. Yeah, it's great. We've got our we've got our secret weapon, Jess Pryles, who who spends a lot of time living over in Texas, getting first-hand knowledge and all the tips and tricks and great feedback. And you know, she comes back to Australia regularly and and gives us regular updates. And it's just fantastic having her, you know, really injecting herself. Um, and what she does into the scene. We're actually really thrilled. The the next round of the uh, ABA comps is happening in our hometown. So uh, a lot of the stuff we do, like we just did a competition in Rockhampton, and that was about a 1,400-kilometre round trip. 
so it, it's really lovely to have one in our backyard. Um, and Jess Prowls, awesome. we down for that one as well. So that's a double bonus. Wicked. Yeah. And she was a judge on the show, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah she was. Right. She yeah. was. And, uh, Mike thinks that she's coming all the way to Australia to see him, but... Um, well, I am in August heading over all the way to Texas to see her, so there you go. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what your wife would think about that, but anyway. She's cool with it. She's cool with it. Yeah, she's yeah. good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so who were the other judges then? Uh, there was a guy called Robert and a guy called Ben? Yeah, so um, Ben O'Donoghue's a uh, Australian chef and a celebrity chef at that. He's He's been prolific and actually worked over in your part of the woods at um, River Cafe there on Hammersmith and worked with Jamie Oliver at Monty's and, and other restaurants. So he's he's got the chops and... He's, uh, a, he's a real meat meister. Yeah, he's, he's put out a few barbecue books and so, yeah, he's a great guy. They were, they were all um, lovely to deal with on the show. Um, they didn't accept bribes, unfortunately, but um, yeah, they were lovely. <laughs> Wicked. Cool. And, and Robert, what's his background? Yeah. Robert, um, he was actually a um, contestant on MKR, and uh, he's, a, he's a classic Texan, a real Texan with a real handlebar mo and a real accent. And uh, That draw. That draw. Oh, God damn. He sent me weak at the knees. <laughs> but um, just a fantastic palate and really knew his low and slow, um, knew, knew his flavour profiles and, and was a, a great asset on the show. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him on MKI. He's, he's good. He was on there with his daughter, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I thought you'd notice her too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we That's talk- all you ever talked about, actually. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to send oh. this episode to both your wives and yeah. just say, uh, stand back yeah. and watch. Hold you at ransom. <laughs> what podcast, darling? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> Um, are you, are you also, when we're talking about the fusion of flavors and stuff, you said about using your own native woods and stuff. What's the sort of native woods that you're using most? Well, I mean, the, so we've got an amazing variety. Everything from the Banksia nuts, which are these kind of gnarly-looking uh, native seed pods, uh, through to, you know, fruit woods that come from... Uh, we've got an area... Uh, up uh, down the uh, border, which is a very cold part of the world called Stanthorpe, and uh, known for its uh, orchards, apples, cherries, that sort of thing. So we get a lot of the fruit woods from there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, natives as well, like red gum, iron bark, yellow box. Um, everyone knows about tea tree oil, but tea tree bark is is actually really good smoking wood. And um, I think we're only just scratching the, sn- the surface on the potential of Australian wood and how we use it. So, um, yeah, the future's looking really exciting. I mean, there's people playing with really exotic stuff, rambutan, lychees, uh, nectarines. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, once you, put, you start thinking about it, 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 all these things make sense, right? I love yeah, hearing yeah, all this. Lychee and that. Yeah. That's really awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, it's only a few years ago and people were smoking with just like oak, beech, yeah. <laughs> uh, like hickory, and, and like there was not much around. And now it seems like everyone's just trying out everything and like it's blowing my mind, all, all of these mm. sort of uh, things. And I'm just like, why wouldn't we use that? Why wouldn't we? Like, that's awesome. I'm intrigued by and tea tree. What's that? What's that like? 
Yeah, it's 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 subtle. Um, it, it has got that slight perfumey tea tree uh, flavour through it. But yeah, it's it's totally legit. It's, it's also great. known as paper bark. So the bark is kind of comes off in these sort of sheets, as it were, thin sheets. And okay. but at the heart of it is a is a dense wood, so it smoulders away quite well. But that's similar know, to our. We've got a silver birch over mm. here, which is the same. Like yeah, the, you literally could yep. use the the. Uh, the like the bark has paper and, yeah. and underneath you got fantastic smoking wood exactly mm. i just interrupted you about to go up you're about to say something and i and i jumped in on you yeah no i mean i guess it all comes down to you can tell straight away i mean you put it in your pit you smell the aroma the perfume of the smoke coming off of it and if it's good it's gonna be good isn't it yeah exactly and, and that's something that i think is important is is that it's great to try these things and and yeah if, if it comes out and it smells good then you're happy for your meat to be surrounded in it. If you chuck it yeah, in yeah, and you're like, yeah. oh, no, that that's that's rank. I mean, you actually had something. You, yeah, you I did had... it the other day. I didn't know. I just had a log that I'd had outside my house for a <laughs> real <little> while. <laughs> <laughs> it was just there for like ages. And I was like, I'm not really sure what it is. But I'm like, it must be all right. It, look, it looks like it'd be fine. So I just chucked it in the smoker. And about 10 minutes later, I was like, I'm getting that out. It smells horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what it is, but it was not. It wasn't one of those compressed newspaper logs, was it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think it may have been like the base of my Christmas tree or something. <laughs> 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 oh, that's where it came from. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And also, you guys have a, an amazing reputation for like your quality of, or just not just your your meat but just produce in general but particularly your meat we we import a shed load of your your meat into the uk and uh and sort of like some of the uh the briskets and stuff you guys are putting out where we're importing and trying to get our hands on over here and it seems like when i'm looking at some of the like the beef ribs and stuff you guys are doing down there and i'm just like i can't even get beef ribs that look like that to begin with let alone what you guys are putting out in the end so so it seems like you guys got some awesome uh awesome quality meat and and uh so so tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Um, first of all, um, I think I understand the pain of living in the UK. I, I lived in London for seven years, and trying to find um, decent meat was incredibly frustrating. Um, to the point, I think I had to eat some crazy vegetarian pan meat, whatever it was. But um, Australian. Uh, meat sorry, we don't say that yeah. word on this podcast. Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm about <laughs> That's to swearing. Yeah, whatever it was, but Mikey but, uh, was about to punch you. I think Australian meat <laughs> is, uh, well, is absolutely fantastic, and it's it's so premium, um, so buttery. Depending on where you get it from, but I think we're one of the best um, beef growers in the world. You know, we come from beef heartland. Uh, the produce, no matter what you choose, what you what you're growing is amazing, and um, we're just so blessed to have the kind of meats available to us and. And the butchers are really catching on quickly and, and starting to um, cut the right cuts, um, give us and supply us the right kind of cuts that, that makes our lives a lot easier. And it's, it's just a fantastic scene. Especially the independent butchers, right? I think the, the big chains are yet to cotton on. But uh, the small guys, and we love supporting the small guys, they're, they're really taking it by the scruff of the neck and running with the, the whole scene. Yeah, now we, we seem to have like a few... Uh... A few butchers are really jumping on the scene now and sort of getting involved, but again, like we're we're still like I mean we're looking to import the USDA or or your guys sort of stuff from down under, and it's just like until the other day actually the other day I tried a an Irish brisket and uh, and actually the the marbling beforehand before it was cooked on was really good and for for a British. 
British cut. It was a really good marbling and actually turned out really good size mm. and turned yeah, out lush in the end. So yeah. I was really happy with that because I mean, I'm, the thing is with with us here is a lot of the sort of British bread, uh, brisk, uh, beef and stuff. It just doesn't have the marbling that you guys have or the fat content you guys have. So if we're doing a brisket, for instance, by the time your your points cooked, your your flats just are just not not great anymore. So it's just like. We're having to import, 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 and it's just—it's great to see you guys doing so well. And I mean, someone like the Cape Grim ribs and stuff like that that I'm seeing online—it just look tremendous. Like honestly, like I'm just drooling, I'm drooling looking at like some of the pictures <laughs> yeah. you guys are putting on, and it's, it's and I mean, pretty if you, epic. If you saw where the, what part of the world those came from, I mean, you would understand why they look so good because it is, it is just pristine. Uh, Tasmanian wilderness where they're coming from. It's just wonderful. But uh, another another really amazing product that's just just starting to hit the scene here now is the Brahmin hump. Okay, tell us more. So so we we were just up in a competition in Rockhampton for the uh, running conjunction with the uh, uh, international Brahmin conference. And uh, so we had Brahmin producers there from all over the world. And one of the categories in the competition was actually smoking the hump. And this thing is about two and a half kilos of the most marbled meat that you could imagine. It is this, it, it's kind of scary looking in its raw form, but it smokes up and renders out like you would not believe it. It is a stunning, stunning cut. Wow. Comparable to... It's like brisket on steroids. It, it, it is like really? brisket on steroids. It's like a giant burnt end. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Going to have to try and get myself uh, one of them. <laughs> that sounds absolutely epic. I mean, we all love our burnt ends. It's probably like, mm. uh, with beef ribs, burnt ends, beef ribs, my favorite barbecue to yeah. eat. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to have to try that out. I actually saw, uh, yeah. I think you posted some pictures of it, actually. Uh, I think I yeah. saw something and it looked, looked pretty epic. So, going to have to get my hands on one. It's one of those, like we spoke of uh, the pig head before, you get a lot of render out in your water pan at the bottom of the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of those puppies, but uh, amazing, amazing. And, you know, we had some the next day, sliced cold, and if you shut your eyes, you almost swear you were eating roast pork. It wow. was um, just fatty and the texture, uh, it, it's, it's, amazing. it's my favourite cut at the moment. Wow, that's, that's really cool. I love that. I love that when you, like take a leap out of the box and try something new and actually you're like it blows your mind you're like wow where's this been all my life like how have i got to this age and never had it before <laughs> <laughs> and of course it's something the south americans have known about for years and years so you know <laughs> they've been keeping it secret from us they've been hiding it <laughs> it's also too about embracing local um you know when local farmers reach out and they're really passionate about certain cuts or or types of protein then then run with it so I mean, I remember when I was over in the UK, and there was a lot of um, conversation around rabbits and how and how you know no one really gets into rabbits. So I'd be interested to see how you guys go um, smoking rabbit. Um, sounds like the best free-range meat across um, across the country that's been underutilized. Yeah. I'll give it a go and send some pictures. Let you know. <laughs> Definitely yeah, get on please. that. I haven't really. Yeah, it's not not really something I've really massively yeah. been into. So I'm gonna. I'll give that a try. Actually. Goats taking off quite a lot in the UK at the moment. Yeah, yeah, goats becoming really oh. big over here because there's again like a lot of just, just not used, just not, not utilized, and just wasted wasted stock. So, so yeah, that's that's something that's really being sort of uh, pumped the life into to goat. 
You, what you guys, when you come to rubs and sauces and stuff like that, do you make your own, or are there are there many Australian ones that you would recommend to us? Well, we're, we're kind of fortunate that uh, we're sponsored by Oak Ridge, uh, uh, one of the few international that. teams, and uh, their their stuff is off the chart as far as we're concerned. Um, but I mean, we having said that, we've got some amazing local rub guys. There's uh, a guy called Dave's Dry Rubs. There's Wild Smoke Rubs. Uh, so the scene here is full of uh, locals that are doing it. It's it's great. Yeah, it's it's right at the beginning of uh, I think a real renaissance in Australian flavours. Uh, I think there's a lot of rub makers out there um, starting to get into a lot of bush herbs and uh, and, and bush spices. So that's starting to come onto the market as well. I'd love to see a lot more of that so we can... We real can, native yeah, stuff. Real, yeah, use that stuff in competitions where it's right up there against uh, some, of the, some of the larger global brands just, just as a point of difference because there's some really unique flavours coming out of Australia. I just think we're, we're right at the start of something really special. And, and I think that's something we'd like to see flavour profile-wise is getting a bit more of that Asian influence into barbecue. Uh, we're, we're smack bang sort of in the middle of it where we are this part of the world and we take a lot of our, our culinary influence from that. So it would only make sense that some of that would translate over into the barbecue world. Yeah, why not? We're always, I mean, everyone's always interested in some fusion and stuff like that. So it'd be epic to see it coming across. And, and some of the, some of the flavors and stuff are very similar to this sort of, uh, the Asian bits that we're going for. So, I mean, it'd be great to see some of those, uh, those spices coming into the mix. I mean, one of my favourite things to smoke of all time is a, is a pork tenderloin and do a char siu. Uh, it, it's phenomenal. You know, you get the smoke hit and then you get that beautiful caramelised exterior. I mean, you can't beat it. Awesome. Sounds, sounds lush. Could you give us a, a little run through of that recipe? Is, it, is that a shareable recipe? Yeah, I mean, it's, you, we take a pork tenderloin and usually marinate it overnight in a, just a, you can make your own, but I just use a commercially available char siu marinade. Um, and so it's, it's what you see in your, your Chinese barbecue joints, that real red pork. Um, so after it's been marinating overnight, we then literally smoke it uh, low and slow, 225 for about 45 minutes, um, get it up to about 150 Fahrenheit internally, and then hit it over the uh, open flames and crisp it up, bark it up and uh, let it rest and it's just to die for. Awesome. Wicked. Sounds lush. Give that a go. Also, yeah, guys, found, oh, carry on, found, carry on. Sorry, sorry we found um, there's, there's a, a beautiful little sweet spot where we're mixing uh, the, the smoky western flavours with the, the, the beautiful exotic herbs of Asia and a really simple example of that is Look, let's face it, we've always got leftovers um, in, the, in the freezer or in the fridge or something like that. And even just to take the, the leftover humble brisket and slice it really thin and add it to a Vietnamese soup like a pho or pho, as some people call it, that just adds a whole new dimension to, to a traditional Vietnamese soup. And, and it's, it's that, that real fusion that I think is, is really special. And, and that's, that's such a perfect vehicle for it because... The, the, the foe, as, as a rule, they always use a brisket, but you add the element of smoke in there and it's next level. Yeah, that sounds phenomenal. Sounds great. Uh, also, guys, you've got some, uh, there's some, is it pickle heads? I've seen some, uh, some stuff uh, following you guys around, which is, uh, 
pickles. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's me. That's that's a little sort of side enterprise that I've got going. I, I my my background. I've got Czech uh, Czech parents, so I had basically a pickle as a teething toy as a kid, um, <laughs> and, and, and that that set me off on this path. And so, yeah, a few years ago, I started making uh, dill pickles just for myself. Um, and then it's, it's kind of grown from there. And, and now I, I supply quite a few restaurants and uh, retail outlets. And uh, I'm also making traditional fermented sauerkraut. And I've just launched a, a fermented hot sauce, which, which goes pretty well. Oh, wow, awesome. I love sauerkraut. That's, mm, that's yeah. epic. Cool. So there's, is, there a, is it just one lot? Of, is there a few different types of pickles you do? Or is it just like the... Yeah, so I mean, we do like a, a New York-style dill... Then we've got our hot patootie, which is a chili flavour, and then we do a Bronx garlic, which is a, a big garlicky punch to the face. So, uh, and, and I mean, we've, we're also lucky in that uh, one of our other Shank brothers, Chris, he uh, he does a smoked honey. He's blend smoked honey, and and that that stuff is amazing on barbecue. I think I saw you did like a double brie with like honey sort of thing for a chef's choice or something. Yeah, so yeah, we had some whiskey-soaked figs and the, the brie, which was cedar planked and then drizzled with the honey and, and with walnuts. Oh, and, uh, stop now. Yeah. <laughs> decadent, yeah. absolutely decadent. But I love also, too, when you add a, a few more chilies to your pickles and, and just let them stew them for a couple of weeks and, and get that real spice and stuff. Still got the, the real fresh crunch mm. and uh, nothing beats it, so I'm a huge fan. So for the listeners, uh, obviously not revealing your big Pickleheads recipe, but what, what would be the basic sort of, for someone who wanted to pickle their own sort of uh, pickles at home, how would, how would they go about doing that? I mean, fresh produce is super important. I, I work with a really great green grocer, so uh, I get some great product. Um, and then I, I use a base of apple cider vinegar uh, for the brine base. Um, and then it's basically a mix of dill, garlic, chilli and some peppercorns and and those ingredients in different quantities make up the three different flavors. Oh wow, wicked! So it's a real simple sort of recipe, but but just yeah, in I mean, different quantities, and that gives you your three varieties. That's awesome. Yeah, it's basically a tweaked version that was handed down from my from my mum. So <laughs> you know, it's uh, always it's, the it's best recipes. Cost. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's that's wicked, guys. Just what I just realised, like right at the beginning, when we talked about like how you guys got together, we never really touched on like the like you're both obviously loved barbecue already when you met. Like, where did that sort of come from? Have you both been barbecuing all your lives before, or was was it a new thing you found together? Well, I've always loved fire from a young age. I, when I was about five years old, I set my family house on fire, nice, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Almost burn it down, but managed to, to rescue it back. But yeah, I grew up always around fire and cooking, cooking, you know, tr- just just classic hot and fast barbecue. Um, when I moved to Australia, the done thing was obviously the gas four burner barbecue, or if you're real manly, you go up to six burners or eight burners or 20 <laughs> burners, right? But the um, the trouble is they run out after a while. And, and for me, it was, it was this kind of eureka moment of saying, I'm never going to buy another gas barbecue. There's got to be something better out there. And I, I cook a lot um, with Le Crucier pots and doing a lot of that sort of low and slow in the kitchen. And just knowing that I could transfer that outdoors with smoke was, was a revelation and got stuck into it that way. And uh, me coming from the Euro trash background, 
It's uh, we we were we were always cooking over wood and and always using offal and all those secondary cuts. So yeah, it was, it was a natural progression. And that part of the world's been been smoking for for yonks. Like I mean, yeah, outdoor we, cooking, everyone knows. Yeah, about. I mean that part of the world, like sort of Eastern Europe and stuff like that, have been smoking like sausages and. And just smoking meats and curing meats for for yonks, so it just comes out of necessity, right? Because trying to preserve it through the lean time, so yeah, and that's that's where it all originally mm. came from. It wasn't even yeah. for any that was that was like the beginnings of it all was was that's that right. simple thing and, and survival. And, and then they realised, hell, this actually tastes pretty good. Exactly, yeah. And now we're all going back to it, like <laughs> yeah. yeah, like let's get more of this. Yeah. Yeah, I knew you were special, Mike, when uh, one particular evening uh, he came around, and I think it might have even been that pork head, pig head evening, and uh, he just went straight into the eyeballs and sucked one of the eyeballs out, ate it, and then got a fork, picked out the other eyeball and handed it to me. I'm like, Ooh, Cheers, mate. I don't know whether I should be aroused or offended, yes? It was like a Blood Brothers well, moment, that yeah. was. I was like, yeah, friends for life. <laughs> we just shared an eyeball, man, and we're yeah. friends for life. Yeah. <laughs> We've shared a lot since then. Uh, it, was, it, it was great just to just to push past your own barriers and um, and just to try something new. So um, yeah, Mike's always yeah bringing something new to the table, which is great. Wicked. What sort of fuels are you guys using down under then? So oh, obviously, I guess you guys have your your normal sort of lump and and briquettes and stuff. What do you guys use? Again, like yeah, we we've got a really great local source of lump. It comes from a tree called the Gigi, which is a, a type of wattle, and uh, uh, probably about 600 k's west of us is a place called Charleville, and they've got a giant uh, charcoal factory out there which produces this Gigi lump. And uh, the stuff burns hot, long, and clean, uh, clean and it's pretty much our fuel of choice. Um, so you use that for your low and slow and, and, your, and your hot and fast, everything? Absolutely. Yeah. Wicked. After my own heart, guys. I'm a lumpwood yeah. man. Yeah, we're religious about it, and whenever any sort of formed charcoal mm. gets anywhere near our vicinity, we, we, we start tutting. Do you want to do your tut? Yours, either? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah imagine that's you that. walking around yeah. the uh, the competition. Yeah. <laughs> waving our fingers. When the lighter fluid comes out, there's more tutting. Oh, I mean, dear. at the end of the day, there's something binding all that stuff together, right? And, you, and I don't want that on my food, so. No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, the lighter the fluid, that, that's one the, that, oh, I just. Yeah, we hate that. Don't get it. <laughs> Do not understand. You can and just smell it. goes really well in the, um, in the Pro-Q, you know, we, yeah, we just load it up and it, it just burns super clean. And um, We'll get 10 hours out of a full basket, you know, it's, uh, it's incredible stuff. Yeah, I, I do. That's what people, people's like one thing f- that they have against lump when they keep saying it to me is that it burns out too quick. But I, I, I have some like super, <laughs> yeah, I have like super low and slow long cooks using lump and never like never bothers me. Like I've never had a problem with it. Just like you said, control your airflow, control your temp, control your pit and, and that's it. That's it. it just burns, burns like beautiful. And you know yeah, what's there. Yeah. You know it's wood. You know, like it's nothing else. You know, it's, it's actually real, it yeah. was a bit wood. Like yeah. nothing dodgy about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you guys ever do any sort of brining of your meats over there? 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely experimented quite a bit with brining, and I think um, since coming on board with the Oak Ridge boys, um, they've got some, some fantastic brining products. And so we, we've brined um, lamb, works really well. Um, chicken, obviously. Um, haven't really done beef too much. Beef, we yeah, just, we yeah. just let it be. Pork a little bit, but lamb benefits greatly from, from brining, as does, um, as does chicken. And obviously salmon. We, we brine a lot of salmon there, and that really helps plump up the flesh and helps it smoke nicely. Mm. Beautiful. They also do like a, a range of uh, injections and stuff, Oak Ridge, yeah. don't they? Yeah, I think. Do, yeah. uh, do yeah, you they use do any of that stuff? funny. Whenever anything's in a gold packet, you just you just start getting all romantic and like, oh, it's awesome. But um, one little pack that I'm really excited about at the moment is uh, the Habanero Death Dust, which is not just about crazy, silly hot. It sounds um, scarier than what it yeah, is. Yeah, and I think you guys have talked about it before on previous podcasts, but that's my... That's my nice little um, treaty. In chuck combination it on with yeah. um, what the uh, secret weapon or something. Yeah, just in combination with any other rub, it mm. just adds that extra layer, and it's mm. it's really nice. So I used to be into look, let's just ground down some habaneros and see if we can, you know, who can take it. But um, those days are <laughs> over. I've grown up. I've become become a proper man. <laughs> now it's just Mikey <laughs> left. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind that I don't have half a stomach left, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, now we're lucky enough to have a guy, Richard Orme, who, uh, who owns Barbecue Gourmet, one of our sponsors who imports all of that stuff from the US for us here. And uh, he was talking about the habanero and saying how mm. great it is. And he said he absolutely loves the stuff. So, so yeah. Yeah, we heard that podcast. He doesn't mind a chat, does he? Nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell a guy's passionate about his rubs. He loves yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I straight after that podcast, I went on and ordered so many different things. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem about this. We just... <laughs> well, that's the good thing about living in Australia. You, you really got to think twice about ordering stuff from overseas because, you know, the weak Aussie dollar, um, you, you got you to start thinking creatively. How can you replicate something? I mean, in the, in the barbecue scene, we've seen people make their own gravity feed smokers out of their garages and offset smokers, and, and there's a real sense of... Um, do it yourself, and and you know, guys building them out of filing cabinets and using that on the comp circuit. I mean, honestly, like at Port Macquarie, when you've got the ninety odd teams there, the the best thing is to go around the pit yard and mm. see all the homemade smokers. It's it's mind blowing. I quite like that as a concept, though. But almost cool if you could just do a whole competition where it's you all made your own, isn't it? That'd be like a great, yeah, great competition, wouldn't drunk. it? Yeah. yeah. You've got to buy it from office work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, done, it's got to have done a year in an office first. <laughs> yeah. Photocopier or something. Yeah. Yeah. In, the, in the UK, there's like, as barbecue's getting more and more popular, there's loads of barbecue restaurants opening up here, there and everywhere. What, what's it like? Is there much of a barbecue restaurant scene in Australia? Like like the rest of the scene, it is expanding. I mean, you have your ones that are still boiling their ribs and and that sort of stuff. But I mean, there's there's uh, a lot of real true blue barbecue guys here, so uh, it, it's awesome. And a lot of a lot of pop up guys like our friends on the comp circuit, the uh, barbecue mafia. They uh, not only compete, but they also do a lot of pop ups and they do an amazing brisket cheeseburger. And you know, they they're smashing it out and doing a true barbecue. You guys yourselves do a bit of pop-up stuff, don't you? I think I've seen some stuff you've done, like uh, catering events. Yeah, yeah, we, we do the odd one, and we like to do a few classes. We've got a 
class coming up in a couple of weeks' time at Wandering Cooks, and we're doing a competition rib class for that. So, yeah, well, I mean, we love sharing the knowledge and sharing the flavours. We always start the we always start the class if we do a class. We always ask <laughs> if um, if there's anyone that have um, gas barbecues if they'd like to raise their hand, and when they do, we tell them to bugger off. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to you got to weed out the non-believers before you start sharing knowledge, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, wicked. So <laughs> what, what would what would someone expect to class, learn? We did a class once, and we found uh, someone had actually diligently taken notes. Well, well, one note during the class, and all it read was. Losers use gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could become your motto then. The tag yeah. tagline of the of the Next classes. Yeah. <laughs> right, guys, we are at our hour mark, so I'm going to have to call it a day there. Uh, that thank was so you. Quick, guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just talking about barbecue. Just uh, doing yeah. it what happens, doesn't it? Like that's it. <laughs> So thank you very much for coming on and being our first international guest. Could you um, tell all the listeners where they can find you on their social medias? Yeah, so we're on uh, Instagram, Shank Brothers Barbecue, and on Facebook as Shank Brothers Barbecue. So uh, we're the only shankers out there, so hook us up, and uh, we love a good yarn, and we love answering questions, and uh, yeah, we put up some fun stuff, so yeah, get on it. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thanks for having us, and uh, we'll uh, catch up soon, I'm sure. Cool. Cheers, Cheers guys. Speak Bye. soon. Thanks yeah. for tuning in, guys. We have recorded yet another awesome podcast to get you over hump day. As always, we're brought to you by ProQ Barbecue Gourmet and Smokewood Shack, our awesome sponsors. ProQ is dedicated to providing you with quality smoking products with top-notch service and free advice for beginners to pitmasters. And you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under ProQ Smokers. So if you're thinking about buying your first smoker or looking to upgrade or even looking to pick up some epic accessories, check them out over at Max Barbecue. And Barbecue Gourmet is devoted to promoting real barbecue and supplying the UK and Europe with top championship winning barbecue rubs, sauces, marinades and accessories from the US and around the world. And you can find them on Twitter and online under Barbecue Gourmet. So regardless of how you cook, whether it's on charcoal, wood, gas or electric, the real taste of barbecue can be yours all year round. And Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoking goodness and you provide the talent. So if you're looking for smoking wood chunks, dust, chips or planks, then head over to smokewoodshack.com. And you can find them on Twitter at Smoke With Shack. So goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. See you next time, guys. Ciao.